You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, episode 199 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. Wow, I cannot believe we've almost made it to 200 episodes. That is crazy. Anyway, we're brought to you today by GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and game mats and a bunch of other stuff. So they're really nice to us and uh, they're sponsored for Shorehammer and all that. And um, Matosh has been nothing but nice to me. So... Go check them out. Event 10 is our code to get 10% off your order. So that's helpful, right? It is. And also, Patreon is what keeps the lights on as well. All the guys and gals that support the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for being so generous. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We have a brand new style of gameplay. Yes, that's P4. Pimpcron's patented print play. And I'll describe it in that segment. I'm not going to go into it. But basically, it's like matched play or open play, whatever. This is P4 is what it is. So so that's what we're talking about for the real talk. And then we have Gygor Fellhand, which is a horse heresy model in the want that or not. Then you've got a Tesseract mailbox from our buddy Andrew. And he is heckling me over my dislike for... I don't know, you could say change, but that's not really the case. All the FAQs and erratas and all that. So he just takes some pot shots at me and I just, I just take it. I try so hard for this podcast and Andrew is such a bully. I just, anyway, that's fine. Uh, I think one of my kids heard me acting like I'm crying. They're coming in. Yeah, I'm fine. I wasn't really crying. See, that's nice. They they hear me crying and they're like, "Oh no, Daddy's on the bottle again." No, I don't. <laughs> I just I don't even drink, so no, Daddy's not on the bottle. Anyway, more like Daddy's being stupid again. So, what was I even talking about? Oh yeah, Andrew's bullying me. Yeah, that's right. Andrew was bullying me, so I'm going to be posting up his address. You can send him hot steaming bags of poop. For daring to defy the Pimpcron. And uh, that's it for the show. So what have I been up to? Working on Brutal Space, uh, very much so. Um, Painting my engineering set. My friend TJ printed for me. And what else? Honestly, that's it. I'm just doing more lore stuff for uh, Brutal Space. So not a whole lot to talk about, unfortunately. And hopefully my Skyweavers are going to be in for my Harlequins this week from the store. It's been delayed because, you know, it was back-ordered and all of that. It was out of stock, etc., etc. So I've kind of had that whole army on hold because I've got all my Harlequins painted. I painted all 40 of my Harlequins. And then I got my jet bikes, but I didn't get the... Maybe they're Void Reavers. I forget what they're called. But anyway, the transports. And I was like, well, I'm not just foot-slogging all these Harlequins. they got to be in transports. So being that I couldn't get those right away, I kind of stalled on that whole army, and I've never once played a game with my Harlequins, so I'm very excited to play with them. And that's about it. So what happened last week at the gaming club? Oh, I played against my friend Josh's Night Haunt with my Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Remember I said the Ossiarch Bone Reapers did a pretty darn good job holding up against TJ and David the other week against... uh. Mega Gargants and um, the Soul Blight. 
So they did another great job, a fantastic job, of sticking it to the Night Haunt. And the Night Haunt has some nasty stuff to it now. Like six is auto hit, uh, auto wound, six is to hit auto wound. And they've got all these things when they charge you, they can retreat and still charge every turn. It's pretty crazy. And um, the Bone Reapers actually held their own. So he got a like three point lead on me in the first turn. And I struggled to make up the difference over the course of the game. And the very last turn of the game, it all came down to just like my um, my two deathless saves that TJ made that that changed the game. Well, my charge roll of a six or I needed a six, my charge roll of a five got us into a tie because he had one model left on the objective. And I had a character that because of his artifact and all that, he was gaining extra attacks that were cumulative and he was all charged up and everything. And I needed a six to charge the single model and take that objective. And I would have won 11 to nine is what I would have done. We ended up tying 10 to 10, but I rolled a five. And if you don't know, Ostiarch Bone Reapers do not use command points. So there was no way for me to re-roll that charge or anything like that. So that that kind of ended with a thud. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to win. Ha ha, I finally overtake you. And then it's like, oh, I got a five instead of a six. Darn it. <laughs> anyway, it was a good game. It was really, it was a slobber knocker, as JR from Wrestling would say. It was a slobber knocker. Um, we kicked the, we were just repeatedly kicking each other in the balls, but he didn't have balls because he was a ghost, and I didn't have balls because I was a bone reaper. So it's kind of, we we're just kicking each other in our unfeeling pelvises. <laughs> anyway, it's a good game though, 10 to 10. All right, I will see you on the next side of this music. Oh, God, here it comes. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey, it's the Tesseract mailbox. And once again, three or four time Shorehammer champion, Andrew, is coming here to heckle me for being an old man. He writes, hi, pimp. Grab your cane, get off your rocker, and warm up your arm for angrily shaking it at people because that damn Games Workshop changed rules and points again. For 40k in Sigmar under FAQs, plus the balanced data slate for 40k and the Battle Scroll Galley under downloads, they took some hammers to the overpowered armies, Tau, Nids, Craft Worlds, and Harlequins, but not in a way that you can't play them. Necrons and Orcs got a boost in rules and points to bring them up a bit. Death Guard and Sisters had quite a few points reductions, so blah blah points and words. So for your Whathammer videos, I'm thinking like my 10 year old and what they would watch. To add much, I'm sorry, to add more viewers, you may need more of the following Loud Screaming, ASMR, Slime, Pointless Top Tens, and Slime, or Someone Wearing Costumes, and 24 Hour Challenge. Or maybe a combination of those with clickbait, appropriate for YouTube. Boob pics? Maybe pics of Debbie, the quote-unquote assistant? You are the pimp, gotta pay for short hammer somehow. Andrew. <laughs> so, to your first point, yes, you you told me about these new FAQs and all that. And, um, you know, actually my, my main topic for the show is regarding that anyway. So, you, if I ever get to play you again, Andrew, you will be playing against my Pimpcron's patented print play. 
and uh, you will probably just whoop me. <laughs> it's fine, though. At least I didn't have the anxiety of trying to find FAQs and errata and blah, 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 and cut and pasting. Is that a new part of the hobby? Is that a new part of the hobby where you um, scrapbook your codex together with cut out pieces of paper and make it look pretty and all of that? But meanwhile, you're really just pasting in FAQs and errata and replacing this paragraph with that paragraph. Is that like the new section of the hobby that I'm not aware of? You know, you got some people that read the lore. You got some people that play the game. You like some people that like to paint. And now we're going to have a whole nother subclass of people that just like to update their codexes with errata. And they've got like whole techniques. We're going to start seeing YouTube channels and, and all sorts of tutorials of, oh, you know, this is the perfect paper to print on so that it adheres to your, your book better and all of that. Dude, I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's all just fine. I'm just going to use my book, and that's fine. Um, as far as Woodhammer videos, believe it or not, I've gotten quite a bit of traction on Instagram. Now, I know you guys uh, probably heard me, it was last week or week before last, say that I was struggling on YouTube, and I have been struggling on YouTube. I've got an extremely low number of views, and like I said, some people have said it's criminally underrated or whatever. So um, I was about to throw in the towel, and my brother... I probably explained this last week. My brother said try Instagram, and Instagram has been way better for me than YouTube. I think maybe it's just the platform is more conducive to short, small videos. But either way, I've got a couple hundred followers now, and all my videos have, I don't know, a couple hundred views, that sort of thing. But think, keep in mind that a lot of my YouTube videos have 30 views. So when you get that, I've got a... A, a big good thing going at Instagram. So, yes. Um, yeah, that YouTube stuff, man. The algorithm really does like all of the very loud slime stuff, challenge, you know, at 3 a.m., no scoping, 360, uh, whatever. YouTube really does like that stuff. It's like those cringy thumbnail pictures of the, uh, like they're making a face. And uh, then they got to like look concerned or shocked or angry or whatever. It just, I can't, I can't do that rat race, man. I just can't. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> but anyway, Instagram currently is keeping me happy because people are seeing my videos, they're enjoying them, and I'm getting some feedback and all of that. So that pleases the Pimpcron. And now I feel honestly rejuvenated to be making more sketches because I feel like someone is finally watching them you know I'm like I said from the get-go I'm not trying to make money off it I'm not trying to be a celebrity I'm not trying to any of that I just want people to see what I made and enjoy it because objectively I think they're pretty cute anyway thank you for writing in Andrew um I look forward to seeing you again at some point um I see Andrew a couple times a year um so it'll be good to see you again and I think that's about it and yes, get off my lawn, children! Want that or want that not? Hey, this is Want That or Want That Not, and I am the Pimpcron. Today, we have stumbled upon a new Space Wolves character. He's not actually for 40k, he's actually for Horus Heresy, but I found him. His name's Geiger Fellhand. And I saw him and I was like, wow, that's actually kind of a neat model. So I've always had a soft spot for Space Wolves. I do still have my squat Space Wolf proxy army, but 
Um, the actual Space Wolves, I've always liked their aesthetic. I always thought they were cool looking. So this guy's 3350, and his name's Geigerfellhand. A vengeful HQ choice for Space Wolves armies of the Legion's Astartes. Armed with a vicious Frost Claw relic, and hunt down and butcher enemy leaders at the head of a war pack. So what's this guy look like? Well, he's a honky. He's blonde-haired, and he's got that weird... Why do they do that? They got that weird, spiky-headed... Uh, have you ever seen the Space Wolves head that's half-shaved and half, like, super spiky, like an old Dark Eldar model? Well, this guy's got a full head of Dark Eldar model hair. And he's got some cute little braids down his sideburns. It's pretty adorable. He, I'm sure, I'm sure he spent a lot of time in the in the uh, chair with some sort of braiding servitor, just sitting there like chatting away about boys and cute butts. But anyway, he's got fur on him. Go figure. A space wolf with fur? That's crazy. And um, they painted him blonde. I mean, I guess make him whatever you want. He's got some interesting looking armor on him. I mean, it is space marine armor, but it's kind of Baroque, kind of like um, uh, cast space marine-ish a little bit, I guess because cast space marine armor is a bit old. He's got this, um, he's got this really cool looking frost claw, this talon, and it is not like a regular lightning claw. It's actually like fingers, you know, he sticks his fingers in each claw. It's pretty cool. It's once again, kind of cast space marine looking. And I'm starting to wonder, is he like a sleeper cell for chaos? He's got a knife in his other hand, and he's got a bolt gun. Not a bolt pistol, he's got a bolt gun. So all in all, this guy is running forward like, I don't know, someone just let him out at the dog park, and he's like super excited to go greet the other dogs. Or there's a like a fire hydrant slightly off camera, but he's he's running straight forward. He's got his frost claw. He's got like this banner on his backpack with that weird what is that skull space wolves use is it supposed to be a wolf skull i don't know it's some sort of like weird animal skull and he's got two little lucky rabbit's foot wolf tail things all in all there's a lot of detail to this model i could definitely see someone going to town on this model with all the like gold plated trim and all of that stuff all over his armor but what I really do like about him, and if I was playing a legit Space Wolves army, I would probably buy him and just make him a Wolf Lord, because he's a pretty cool-looking model. And I've always thought that Space Wolves were kind of lacking in the really cool HQ model, you know, like the Wolf Lords and all that. A lot of their stuff has not been updated, and it's still very old. So this guy being a new Wolf Lord, it's pretty cool, actually. And you could even arguably say that he survived into the 40th millennium. Or 41st millennium. So it is definitely a want that. If I ever start a new Space Wolves army. A legitimate one that's not proxy for dwarves. Um, I do really like this guy. $33 a bit, I think is a bit much. But you really could not just kit bash him easily from like a regular kit. Number one he's running. Number two he's got all this intricate detail on his armor. So he does stand out to me as a wolf lord or a leader, and I think he looks pretty cool. So if I was in the mood to start that army, I could definitely see myself buying him. Um, it's probably a 50-50 chance, because $33 is quite a bit. But if I was just, if the mood struck me and I was like, you know what? It's a pretty cool looking model. I think I would like to have a unique looking model. And um, 
Then, of course, you could also cut off that knife hand and give it a plasma pistol or anything, too, if you wanted. But anyway, overall, it is want that for me for Gygor Fellhand. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Well, hello, everybody. It's Real Talk with Pentcron, and today I am unveiling the new method of play in Warhammer 40k. This doesn't really apply as much to Age of Sigmar, but definitely to 40k. It is called print play. Yes, P-R-I-N-T-P-L-A-Y. So you've got narrative play, you've got open play, you've got matched play, and now you have print play, which is in most ways, it's very similar to matched play, but this is the new way that I've decided that I cannot any longer keep up with all the stratagem updates and the um, the army building updates and the codex updates and the rules tweaks and the FAQs and all of that. You know what? No hate for Games Workshop for that. I'm glad they're keeping it churning. I'm glad they're keeping it different. I'm glad they're keeping people on their toes. Totally fine for all the tournament scenes. But for me personally, I just want a simple and friendly way to play the game. So... Here is what I present as print play, okay? You start off with matched play as normal, right? You're still using points, and you're still um, using detachments and things like that. Just like normal, you still use command points, whatever. But, for simplicity, the only updated anything that you use for your codex is the points. And why do I say you should keep up with the updated points? Well, honestly you'll see in a minute that the points kind of don't matter as they get updated, but um, essentially, I think that most army builders will be changing the points anyway, and most people use an army builder for list building, so honestly, eh, just keep with regular points is easier than trying to keep some older version of Battlescribe or something like that for your book. Now, if you really want to, this is pure print play. Use the points that are in the codex and do it by hand. If you want to do old school print play, that's it. But as far as all the FAQs and the erratas and the changes and the, all of that, print play uses exactly what is printed in the codex. Period. They don't. I am not following any erratas. I'm not following any FAQs. None of that stuff just what is printed in the codex. So you're going to keep all of the highs, like your uh, crazy stuff that comes out of your codex that you know at launch that seems really crazy, and then they tone it down. You're keeping all of that, and you're keeping all of your bad stuff as well. You're just keeping everything. You're, they're just following the new points. And obviously, this does not work in a tournament. So that's this. we're not even talking about tournaments here. And obviously, if you have a very competitive gaming group, you might as well consider your competitive gaming group a tournament because you're you're going to need to follow all the match play rules, all the FAQs, all of that. And like I said, no hard feelings. But for me, this is the best way to play the game. And, and above all else, simplest. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, if you don't use all of the FAQs and erratas, what about the super broken units? You can just take three of those crazy whatever they are, and uh, that that's just nuts. You shouldn't be able to do that. Well, that's the next part of this, is that you use the Highlander format for print play. Pimpcron's patented print play. Four Ps. There you go. I'm going to make a logo that's, um you know, P3 paints. This is P4. P4. Pimpcron's patented print play. 
anyway, I'm getting slightly on a tangent here, but the point is, is that you will be only using Highlander. In other words, you can only use one of each data slate. So if you've got multiple similar data slates, like Cataphracty Terminators, Assault Terminators, Regular Terminators, whatever, you can take one of each, but you cannot take three of one of them. So not only is that my personal favorite way to play anyway is Highlander, is that it also will mitigate, okay, you might have one really good unit that's broken, and then the rest of it can't be that again. So I think that kind of evens it out. Another thing, which is just wrapping up another one of my ways I like to play, is to ask your opponent if they are okay with Super Heavies or Flyers. And, um, I mean, typically nowadays, Super Heavies aren't too big of a deal, unless you're playing against an entire army of Super Heavies, like the Imperial Knights. And then that can definitely be an issue if you brought no anti-tank or just one unit of anti-tank or whatever. So it's really good to communicate with your opponent ahead of time. Flyers... It's kind of a leftover relic when flyers are really crazy good and you can only hit them on sixes back in, what was that, sixth edition? But um, flyers still, some flyers, you know, you see them once in a while rise up in the meta and become really good for a short time before they get nerfed. And that is still just a holdover on that. Some people hate to play against flyers. Next, you'll decide whether or not you want to use stratagems. Now, I know, including myself, most people do use stratagems, but I have ran across some players that don't like to use stratagems. So, in that case, like, sometimes when Just James and I play, we just decide not to use stratagems. And that's totally fine. It's not... It really doesn't change the game that much, and it makes it way simpler. And then, probably one of the most important things for me is, are we using secondary objectives? Are we using the full gamut of secondary objectives that you would use in matched play? Or... Are you just choosing, you know, one each or two each, or you're going to use three secondary objectives and you share those as far as like both players can, can get those just decide however you want to do it. Most of the time, I don't even use secondary objectives or we'll pick one random secondary objective and that applies to both of us. And we're going to focus more on just the regular objectives. Um, so that's, that's basically it. And I know that sounds like a lot, but you are going to bring your codex into the store and you're going to make a list with new points or if you're hardcore with the points in the book. And then you never have to reference another thing outside of your codex. Like if you really think about that for a second, that's actually kind of beautiful and poetic that you're like, oh, wow, I don't have to worry about if they tweaked something or changed something or I didn't see the last FAQ or I didn't read the latest errata. I'm just going to read my book and whatever it says is whatever I'll do. And in the case of it being overpowered, that's where the Highlander comes in. So as a recap, you check to see if anybody wants to use super heavies and if they're okay with it. Check to see if they're okay with flyers. Check to see if they want to use secondary objectives. Check to see if they want to use stratagems. Then you use your Highlander list using the new points probably. And then you basically just play your game. Like, it's it's very, very simple. And that is basically my whole design behind it, is that I just want to bring my book. Because at this juncture, and I'm not trying to go on a rant against GW or anything like that. I understand what they're doing, and that's fine. I won't be on the wagon train of all the FAQs and all that stuff until 
they allow us to have digital codexes that update automatically. You know, that would not be an issue at all if all of a sudden an update drops and then you open up the unit page on your app and you're like, oh, they changed that. Now all of the vehicles have core for Necrons or whatever, then that works. But as of right now, it seems like you buy a book and I don't really know why I'm buying the book because within a week or definitely a month and definitely six months, the book can be very, very different from the way it was intended originally. And I, once again, I get why they're doing it, but I find it very frustrating and they don't have their act together. I find a lot of the Warhammer stuff, and this is not through hate. I reiterate, I don't hate the game. Um, I've played a couple games recently. I still really love Warhammer, but it does seem kind of schizophrenic as far as their rule design where they just throw all sorts of crap out there, and then all of a sudden they wake up in the morning, they're hungover, and they're like, oh my god, you know, they went to the print house at 2 with a 10, and when they wake up in the morning at 10, they have a 2. And suddenly they're like, oh god, and then they gotta fix all sorts of stuff, so. Anyway, this is at least an option for all of you, for if you get bothered by all the FAQs and you just don't want to deal with it. Well, this is my new plan. So this is the way I will be playing pretty much from now on. I don't really care about the FAQs and that's that. Now, once again, if I go to a tournament, I'm going to have to brush up, but that's the kind of the cool thing is that if I am doing a tournament, I'll just brush up on whatever codex I'm going to use for that tournament. And then I don't really have to worry about keeping up with all the different armies, and see, that's another point of view that I think might be lost sometimes in translation when I'm discussing something with you guys, is because I have so many armies, and this is no sort of humble brag, it's it's actually a complaint, I have so many armies that I, there's no possible way for me to keep up with all of the updates, and it used to be a, a thing where the game really applauded you for having so many different armies, and now it truly punishes you for having so many different armies. Because, you know, I'm only going to play, out of all my AOS and 40k armies, in a month I'll only play three different armies or something like that. And then the next month I'll play like another three different armies, and then the next month, like, I don't have longevity. A, a lot of you guys have one army or two armies, so they get all of your play. But because I'm such a wargaming whore, I've got so many different armies that just James and I are in the same situation. We just can't keep up with it, like truly, to the point where him and I are trading off buying every other codex for us and we're just sharing the codexes because at $50, $55 a pop, like it gets very expensive for both of us. And being that I have most armies... Uh, just James has every single army and he, it doesn't quite apply for age of Sigmar. He, he has a lot of armies for age of Sigmar, but 40 K he has every single army. So you can see that we're cutting our cost in half by just sharing the book and him and I are so rarely, um, playing the same army at the same time anyway. So it really doesn't, it's not a big deal, but I can't believe I'm saying it, but I look forward to the day that Games Workshop hopefully pulls their head out of their butt and starts making digital codexes with uh, with updated rules and all of that automatically. That would be fantastic. Well, thank you so much for listening to my belly aching, and I think maybe you should just try P4. 
see how it works for you if you get frustrated. Now, a lot of you, I know for a fact, many of you have no problem staying with the updates and the errata and you like all that, and that's totally fine too. But um, I really don't think that a P4 player and a regular player would have too much of an issue because of the whole Highlander thing. The regular player that keeps up with all the FAQs, they probably have an advantage, but I think it might work out all right. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you to GameMat.eu for supporting the show and my beautiful, sexy, well-hung, and extremely fertile Patreon patrons. See you next week.